0: are you curious about design thinking but don't know where to start? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Beginner's Guide to Design Thinking and A to Z, a year-long series of bite-sized real-life examples, do's and don'ts, tried and tested techniques to get you started.
1: I'm Tracy, a former design engineer turned mentor and coach that uses design thinking to help
0: people live their life with purpose. And I'm Lucy, a workshop facilitator and business trainer who uses design thinking to help organizations make better decisions whilst finding different ways of working that support their innovation, sustainability, and growth.
1: We are two Northern Lasses with a passion for design thinking for your business, your projects, and for your life. So let's get creative without messing up your jumper with crayons. Seems
0: obvious, but D is for design thinking. (laughs) So Tracy, how did you first get into design thinking? So
1: it's it's slightly ironic because like my, my background is design engineering, but like I didn't really properly hear the idea about design thinking specifically until about 15 years ago. Um, and so I actually attended a, a talk. Um, by the, the the king, Mr. Tim Brown himself, who's one of the founders of um, IDEO, which we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail later. Um, and basically, it was um, I was with some of my colleagues, some of my design consultancy colleagues, and so I was surrounded by designers. And we went to see a talk by Tim Brown, and so from then on, um, I was very aware of. I was more aware of design thinking. I was more aware about. Um, IDO, who's like this, like kind of mecca of innovation, this like mecca of uh, this like magical playground.
0: (laughs) They are the oracle, aren't they? (laughs)
1: They really are. They really are wonderful. And I and uh, you know I do think that they have they've done a really good job of like stealing the thunder, which is design thinking. Um, But like, but I sort of mentioned that it's slightly ironic because you know my background is is design, but I am because I'm a design engineer. the the process and the teachings and the things that I had at university was more around like the kind of technical aspects of things. So the kind of like the mechanical, the like electrical and electronic production, manufacturing, whereas there wasn't really a lot of emphasis about the design thinking and the kind of process for the innovation side, like the, the empathy. We had a bit of marketing, so that was kind of brought in, but then we didn't really bridge that gap effectively enough. And so I think that design thinking is... Is something that's more prevalent in the industrial design and product design side of things because they're coming up with the solutions to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like as I, as I mentioned, I feel like IDEO kind of like stole the thunder because if you were to if you were to Google design thinking, IDEO is one of the things that come up the fir- first. But actually, when I kind of dug into um, this uh, a bit of research in preparation for this, actually, design thinking goes back into like the, the late nineteen fifties. And um, basically, it kind of came came about from uh, this chap called John E. Arnold in 1959, and he wrote a book called Creative Engineering. Now, like back in back in those days, in the kind of the evolutions of like 1960s, basically, like different creatives, engineers, uh, industrial designers, and architects were thinking a bit more about um, something which I found really fun to say, but like designerly ways of thinking. <laughs> which when I, when I, which which when I whenever I whenever I see it written, and when I'm when I want to say it, I want to say it with designerly ways of thinking, like it a kind sounds
0: of sounds pos, very posh, pos,
1: yeah, <laughs> a little bit. But basically, what was what was really interesting was like you know back in those days that people were really properly thinking about the creative process and how designers and creatives really think, and like you know kind of over the evolution um from 1960s now to now there's definitely been different kind of ways different directions i guess mm-hmm. so it wasn't until like the 1990s that we started to think more about kind of like human centered design which we'll talk about more definitely because that's a bit quite exciting um and then after that, you've got into the early 2000s, which is more about kind of like systems design and then kind of obviously product design was always there. But then like more recently, it's about kind of like life design. But basically, like design thinking, not only is it designerly ways of thinking, but it's also just like it's a like a non-linear iterative process to mm-hmm. develop an idea
0: what, do, what comes up for you, Lucy, when you think well, of design thinking? Design thinking for me, you, you've already covered, I think, IDEO are kind of the the mecca, they are the oracle, they are the centre of everything. Yep. But I did a bit of digging around this because mm-hmm. I haven't had the privilege, shall we say, of attending a talk by Tim Brown, by, by David Kelly, by any, <laughs> you know, by any of the original idea guys. So I'm kind of bowing down to you here. But I did a little bit of um, sort of skulking around and things. And in actual fact, I'm going to read this from the screen. So (laughs) they did actually state on their website that they don't take credit for inventing design thinking, but took up the phrase design thinking to describe the elements of their work practices that they found most learnable and teachable. And I think that's interesting because then they actually state the empathy, optimism, iteration, creative confidence, experimentation and an embrace of ambiguity and failure. And I think for me, that kind of embodies everything that I believe design thinking to be about. You know, that it's very much about a mindset as much as a process or mm-hmm. a set of tools. Mm-hmm. I don't obviously have your project design and development background. I come from the, at this from a, specifically for small businesses. So for me, that empathy side and that sort of understanding and then certainly that ability to search the failure very early on. Is a is a big thing and is a big part of this. So, my kind of links, if you like, with some of the the the, the, the big names and the the big the, the hard hitters, shall we say, the big hitters within the design thinking world, are more recent. So they're very much about the D school. They're about Michael lyrics, they're about Patrick Link, um, you know, and, and everybody goes back to IDO. You can't not, you know, you can't sort of uh, ignore what uh, what David Kelly is, has done and created there. And obviously he is then responsible for the D School, um, the design school at Stanford. But that is where, you know, when you said about the human centred part of it, mm-hmm. that is 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 where that sets my fire you know, the fire in the light. It's about how we interact with people and how we sort of as as businesses and as human beings interact with each other. And that's why it was great for me. I think there was a book, I can't honestly, can't remember it was this year or last year by um, the d.school that was very much about um, designing for belonging mm. and that inclusion to communities and things so we really do between the two of us have kind of both ends of that spectrum covered but obviously now you've taken it from product design into life design Mm -hmm. and I know that the discovery has quite a a big influence and and sort of effect on you what was that jump like you know how Mm lovely question sorry I threw on throw, completely no, there, great. Field there but you know yes. from from sort of having that initial sort of interaction with should we call it an interaction we're going to call it an interaction um with sort of one of the heads of idea at that that meeting did you ever think at that talk rather did you ever think that you would now be using design thinking in the way you are doing because we're talking about an evolution and for me you have this amazing evolution that's been laid out in front of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the short answer is is no. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> did I think did I think that I would go there? The, the, answer, the answer is no. But I think that um uh, the, the kind of strong memory that I have of that of that talk. And like uh what was also interesting was one of my colleagues that I worked with at the time knew Tim Brown personally. So he was, yeah, I know, right? Whoa. Um, and so, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to like properly rub shoulders with him, but it's, that's like my kind of two degrees of separation. It's like, well, yeah. In <laughs> um, yeah. So, so basically, what I thought was really amazing is, is so I think by that time it was like late two thousands, maybe two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and um, you know, I'd already been working as a design engineer for um, like four or five years by that point, like full time design engineer, and you know you're you're yes you are designing products which um are for something they are for people they serve a purpose but generally what I found with the stuff that IDEO was doing it was just so much deeper Mm -hmm. it was just so much deeper and and the word I'm thinking is just like humanity was just like was just something that they were doing. They were de- they they developed this product. I, I'm pretty sure Bono was involved at one point, but like basically like they were develop developing this product.
0: Bono well, was always there sometimes. Of course it's always there. But it was
1: basically like a kind of I think it was like an Action Aid product or something that it was like an app. And this was the first time I had heard something like this. It happens all the time now, but basically it was an app that um say you were spending $299 in a shop then you had a credit card that was like connected with Action Aid, and then it basically it would automatically any kind of pennies that was like to round it up to the, the nearest uh-huh. pound would be sent to ActionAid. Basically, it was just like lots and lots of little pennies nice. here and there. And this was the first time that I'd heard of something like this and, and for me, I just was like, wow, that's just, it, it just really took me aback of how simple it was, but like so thoughtful and just low impact to the person as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it, it really, it took product design to a new level, which, you know, like I, I look at IDEO like uh, like they're, they're kind of like the, the
0: gods, like this magical place. Um, I'm not sure how for anyone who's listening just to the audio, yeah. we can actually kind of describe <laughs> our faces. <laughs> Sometimes as we talk about IDEO and sort of quite how much on a pedestal that, you know, they, yeah. they when it comes to design thinking. Yeah, is it, I guess like to, to describe
1: for our... For our listeners, it, basically, there's a lot of kind of like slightly praising type kind of like faces. And and if, if I had to describe how I'm sort of looking at the moment, I would describe it as ah, like that. <laughs> so that's the only way. Celestial. It. <laughs> Celestial, thank you. Celestial. Thank you so much for that. Um, so, yeah. So I I, I think that it, it just really, what I guess it planted the seed on was was the, the real positive and and the additional things that design thinking can really give, and like des- yeah. what designing could do, it definitely took me a lot longer to kind of make that connection of like what what it takes to what it takes or what it what it would be like to to design a life, basically. But it's just like uh, it's something it, it it's it's something very beautiful and, and magical and uh, celestial in itself. That it's it's uh, it feels like such a gift basically. And, you know, like the, the key, as you, as you mentioned before, like the, you know, the number one key is, the, is empathizing. And, you know, we, we will, gonna, we're, we will dive into it in a bit of an, another episode where we're talking about the key stages, where we go into this in a bit more detail. And I can talk about how I've layered that in with my coaching um, in a bit more detail, but um, um but, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a big jump. I don't know. I don't know how I could have ever have accelerated that. But I think I think for me at that point, you know, what IDEO was doing just seemed to be it was a disconnect for me because I I, I knew products mm-hmm. that was what I was doing I was developing products and this was yes it was a type of product but it was maybe like a digital product or a service or something so it it, it just felt like a bit of a disconnect yeah so it wasn't until like much later which I when I read the book which I've talked about before already um, the Designing Your Life book written by two guys from the design from the D school. And I, and I really love what they've done. And I really love the fact that they're continuing to develop that, basically. But, you know, it really is about, like, helping you question yourself. Mm-hmm. and Basically, like, it also introduces, as you sort of mentioned before as well, it, it's changing the mindset, which makes it more acceptable to fail, basically. Yeah. Or, like... Mo- no, I want to rephrase that. It's not about being acceptable to fail. It's like looking at
0: failure in a completely different way. It's a complete reframe, isn't it? And I know that reframe. you know people are going to get sick of hearing this from us probably, but it's about that whole fail fast, fail forward, mm. but learn fast, learn forward. Mm-hmm. And take everything you learn from those failings as lessons and use them as you move forward. You know, whatever else you do. Yeah. And I think the the beauty part of it, you've sort of mentioned like the simplicity and the mindset is that when you think that this whole connection that design thinking now allows us to have between that green, it fills that gray area, doesn't it? That void between a product or a service and the actual end user, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you think you've got empathize, you've got define, you've got idea, you've got prototype, you've got test, it's five steps that fill that void and they're such easy steps Mm -hmm. you know they're nothing that is just down to having to have a design engineering background or having to have you know masters in I don't know crikey physics and applied maths and you know all the other kind of science type things it's very much around as you said once humanity Mm -hmm. and around how people will How do you understand what's going on? How do you observe what's going on? How are you then defining what your point of view is, you know? And then, okay, let's just come up with the ideas. Let's just try the the wild, the wicked, the crazy ideas. And let's just prototype and test them. Yep. And you you can't really take a step back and make that any more simplistic than it actually is, I don't think. And and that, to me, is where the beauty part lies in it and what ideal... Brought to it. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. What, what I was just, what I was just thinking there as well is that it is really simple. But one thing that I'm definitely aware of now, like coming through like the design engineering side and like knowing the process to develop products, I can tell when I like say I have a product or I'm interacting with something and design thinking hasn't been done mm-hmm. to develop mm-hmm. that product. Yeah. You can, you you know, yeah. because we've, we've got it to this point where it's like, because it is human-centered and it is, as you say, it's about the end user. Mm-hmm. I really notice it when it's gone. And I get yeah. re- I get really angry about it, actually. Yeah. It, it, get, it really frustrates me like, because I know exactly how much it costs. I know how, like, how much time it takes. I know, like, all the different steps. And then when you've got something, but you try to interact with it and it's it's difficult for you to interact with it, mm-hmm.
0: it frustrates me. But don't you think that's kind of it, that just sort of shows something that have, they've gone straight to wanting to find a solution? Yes. Rather than actually considering the human or, you know, whatever or whoever the end user might be. Yep. It's We're kind of I think we are preconditioned and I can kind of forgive people a little bit. It does annoy me, but I can kind of forgive people a little bit because we go straight to wanting to help and wanting a solution. And here's what I would do. Right. Let's get on and do it. Yep. We think we're doing the best for people, but actually taking that time to strip that back and say, well, actually, what I think a solution is, is not necessarily what somebody else thinks a solution is. Yep. What somebody else even says they want as a solution is not necessarily the solution they're going to use. Exactly. exactly. Not. It's the defining it is. It's, it's kind of like that almost don't in my, in my sort of for my case, for my clients, I, I'm regularly sort of saying to them, listen to your customers, but don't listen to your customers. <laughs> you know, it's like this double edged sword because they will tell you what they want is one thing, but how they actually interact and use a product or service is completely different. Yes. Yeah,
1: totally. Totally. And I think there's, I think there's, there might be like a lack of awareness as well. Like from the from the customer about the way they protect, like potentially like interact with an object. They probably don't actually have the awareness of it, but it's all incredibly intuitive instead. And so that that's where like the magic of the empathise comes in, and and also like the observation side of things as well. So I think that yeah, as you say, like don't listen to your customers because they're just they're just sort of saying that this is what I want, but that might ne- not necessarily be about how
0: they're using it. Mm -hmm. and I know we'll discuss kind of tools and techniques and things in future episodes Mm -hmm. but it is very much isn't it around then sort of divorcing you know divorce the outcome marry the process Mm -hmm. Really forget about what you think you want to achieve and just start interacting in this this kind of process and get the mindset right and really then that is where the beauty part you know that's where the magic is. Mm-hmm. yeah and there are so many tools when you say about well, how will they use it is it more intuitive asking why all the time you know mm-hmm. like these are annoying child design thinking is just an annoying child that is going to continue <laughs> why 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 <laughs> If someone with great technological ability is going to go back and just make some kind of meme out of me going why why, mm-hmm. why? but you know that is essentially if you're going to sum it up design thinking is that annoying child that does not stop asking why Mm -hmm. yeah I
1: totally 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 agree we need to make that gift later (laughs) (laughs) um I was quite I was quite curious like um you mentioned some of the 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 authors like the kind of more recent authors that have kind of come out um Mm -hmm. I guess in the last like 10 to 15 years maybe like 10 years like what has been like the the key takeaways for for you coming out of like reading those books
0: think definitely they've kind of started very much more around product moved into service and now they're very much moving into small business Mm -hmm. and ecosystems and you know that sort of innovation side of things they're very much saying that you can innovate using this in any sector across you know any field that you might work in and they've become really really good at Giving you tools, showing you how it can be done, providing sort of anecdotal evidence and such like. And for me, as you know, because I don't know how many times people will probably get sick of me mentioning his name, mm-hmm. but the person who is kind of leading the field in this at the moment is Michael Lurick, and I know that we're going to have Michael on a future podcast episode. Oh my god, it's mean, Michael Lurick! Oh my god. When I go all celestial. (laughs) But I think that they are now applying it and showing people how to apply it because it feels a little bit to me as though IDO do some amazing work with the projects and things they work with. And then they do a lot of talking about design thinking. But Mm. it feels to me as though the way I've learned about it is by doing and by applying it, not by somebody talking about it to me. And I think that that's what Michael Lurick, Patrick Link, Larry Lifer, you know, any of the design thinking toolboxes, playbooks, the whole lot. That is what they do well. Mm, yeah no i think you've I th- got celestial lab, you, even your laptop, got <laughs> <the> laptop. <laughs> so i know <laughs> you agree with me <laughs> yeah.
1: but you know I, i'm like i'm super excited super excited to get michael lyric on the on the show um on the show and um yeah so i i, I have two of his books like i've got the, the design thinking toolkit and i also have the life design uh, book
0: by his as well so but his latest one is the small business one right He's got the small business growth just out, which is all about small business growth and ecosystems and how that fits. And then October 2023, there will be a new one, which is design thinking for innovation growth and metrics. Mm. So very much around the data and such like, which mm. I'm a bit of a data geek, so I'm quite excited about that book coming out already. <laughs> but I think it's 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 the application is where that new group of people who are leading the, the focus and, and you'll, be blazing the trail basically around design thinking that is where they're heading is showing people how to apply it don't mm-hmm. just talk about it give them the tools and i would like to think that you know as people listen to sort of various episodes of the podcast that that is at least what they can see and hear us doing so that they do get some tools some resources you know that they can take away and that they can use as they need to yeah
1: yeah exactly i think um i think you're right in, in terms of the the design thinking it's it's more about the practical application side of things and, and i and i totally totally agree i think um uh i think it is practical application and it does take time to kind of get to, into the swing or I guess to I think everybody's kind of got their go-to techniques yeah which they which they lean to and I think that there's um there's an absolute swath of um of different tools and techniques that you can use and we you know we're covering a lot of them in this podcast but I think that everybody's going to have their, their their go-to everybody's going to have something which which works basically for them for their setup for the resources that they have and for the problems that they solve yeah and so yeah I think that yeah it, it's I was doing a bit of like investigation I was I bought the, the toolkit book just to kind of look into more of the techniques which could work best for me as a coach basically and so like even then you know I'm kind of picking and choosing certain things and we can talk about that in another episode and then we'll also have a good old chat with Michael Eric on the episode as well um, but where do you where do you see design thinking
0: going would it be would it be really cliched to say that I think the possibilities are endless with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I, that's kind of the way I feel at the moment. You know, there's a, there's a few people out there who are starting to say, oh, it's great, but it has its limitations. It's great, but you do all of this work and then what happens next? And I don't actually think that's about a limitation with design thinking. I think that's about a limitation with whoever is facilitating that design thinking process for you. Mm-hmm. um so I do think that you know as we've seen by the you know the way that books have gone from being product-based and science-based right the way through to small business-based and and you know looking at ecosystems and things I do think that you can you can almost plot that development yeah so I do think that it's something that as commerce changes as humanity changes you know that will move with it and I think it's going to be a really useful tool that I'm seeing more people use when we're talking about um things being more eco-friendly about circular economies and that kind of thing I think it sort of all fits and it's that big piece and the word you used to me just sums up the episode as it is humanity yeah yeah that th- big piece as long as humanity is there design thinking will be there I think you're along like, the
1: line i think also as well because like because you know even just talking about like the history of, of of design thinking that it started off with like like the creative industries and architecture and it's moved into human design and um human design and system design and obviously small business and stuff i, f- I feel like as well that the more the more that we bring in the more tools that are going to come out basically the, the, yeah. the more that's going to evolve because I, I guess that you know we're we're going to be in this kind of perpetual state of evolution. So basically, design thinking is going to continue to evolve as well. So I I, I I'm with you on that about the, the possibilities. So it it's still like a relatively young tool, I guess, and we're it's 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 changing. It seems to have accelerated in the last ten years, I would say. The, the mm-hmm. applications has has definitely kind of changed. So I expect to see more awareness of it, and we hope, obviously, using this podcast that um, they were going to spread awareness and joy. <laughs> um, everybody needs to use design thinking. Um, so I think that it's going to continue to grow and continue yeah. to, like, new processes and things are
0: going to come through. Definitely. And I'd be really interested in the next episode, we're going to be chatting with Ed Watson. Yep. And I think Ed has been involved in design thinking for several decades now. And I think it will be really, really interesting as a follow-up from this to see how he sees it, the changes have already happened, yep. and where see he he sees it going as well. So please do join us for the next episode, um, which obviously is E for Ed Watson. <laughs> and uh, if you enjoy the episode, if you have any comments or questions, please do leave them on the in the YouTube comments. Please do follow us across the usual podcast channels, and you can look myself, Lucy Patterson, and Tracy Tracy Sharp up on LinkedIn should you so wish awesome thing.
1: yes we also have an amazon associates as well for anything that we've mentioned today and also like your beginner's guide to designing your own workshop as well we'll have all the all the bits and bobs that they require for there on our amazon associates so please look out for the links on there too and we'll see you in our next episode